0: Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair podcast. I'm Eric. And this
1: is Josh. It is Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. We will be chatting about movies we have on hand the week of Friday, September 22nd. And this week we have a guest who has a special event upcoming at the Mayfair, and I will just let him introduce himself now.
2: Hey guys, first of all, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it very much. Uh, My name's Adam. Got an event coming up at the Mayfair. I should remember the date. I believe it's September 30th. We're showing two short films. We're calling it Half Hour of Horror. It's a locally produced short film, so we just hope people want to come out, check out some locally produced stuff, especially if you like horror. If you like gore, you guys are going to love it. If you don't like gore, you're still going to have a good time. I'll have a (laughs) good time watching you
1: maybe not have a good time. So what came first? The Half Hour of Horror concept? Or the film you were making? Oh, definitely the films.
2: The half-hour horror just kind of came out of wanting to just show off the films we did in the areas that we produced it and made them. But we've been through this whole festival circuit. We've been in over 80 festivals at this point. And we've been racking up some pretty serious wins and stuff like that. But we haven't had a lot of love close to home. So we wanted to show it off close to home so the cast and crew could see it in a theater and not just on their phones at home in their bedroom. Yeah, so obviously... uh, First thing I thought it was the Mayfair card-carrying member. Excellent, my name's on uh, the seat out there. So, oh, cool. uh, cinema yeah.
0: fan, you come to the cinemas uh, at the end of the month, obviously. You know what? I haven't gone to that one yet. I say, you're just supposed to say that you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't actually- <laughs> Sorry, I thought
2: we were being honest. With you could, each no, other. no, no. This is just lies. This so, whole okay, podcast. <laughs> I'll lie about that then. Yeah, I go all the time. Yeah. Constant
0: cinema goer. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah.
2: No, I come to here all, often enough, but my bedtime is early. I was going
0: to say, it's late. Like, I, I have <laughs> friends that are like huge fans of that kind of stuff, B movie stuff. And I'm just like, oh, you should come out. It's midnight in the middle of the city. And they're like, ah, you know, I live in Quebec and yeah, I'm yeah. older than 40. So yeah. I'm not going to be doing that. You know, a guy who
1: cones the cinema who doesn't come to them because of that. That's true. Yeah. Like, <laughs> half the
0: time Lee's going to be like, can you do cinema because I have blank? And I'm like, every time, I'm like, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I leave that booked off unofficially with my wife. But she, she goes to bed at like 10, so it doesn't even matter. Right.
1: When you're doing the festivals, do you sell it as a mini anthology? Or no. do you get
0: awarded for both films,
1: In, theoretically?
2: Yeah, so first film that we'll show is called The Trunk. That one I was a producer and a cinematographer on. That one did its festival run last year. It did very well. It's actually... Well, I won't say where it is right now, so people will actually come to the Mayfair. But but yeah, that one did quite well. And we shot them back to back. And then after I shot mine, Greed and Gore, which we'll screen last. So we're kind of treating it as a bit of a cast and crew screening for greed and gore but also screening some other work but yeah essentially we shot them back to back mine took a lot more time in post-production so we've kind of focused on travis's film travis Layla, the director of the trunk just focused on it through its festival circuit and then focus on greed and gore after so we take them out independently we have been approached by a few festivals to be part of some anthology so we're kind of considering it right now days of the dead which you guys may have heard of in the mm-hmm. states it's pretty big kind Mm -hmm. of like comic-con horror festival that tours throughout the states kind of every major u.s city it kind of touches they approached us and they want to do something but maybe i'm not supposed to say that but i don't think it matters (laughs) but either way like they want to kind of put the best of the fest and do something like that actually i think it's next weekend or the weekend after we're screening in houston which they're doing sort of kind of a trial run of that of the best of the year we'll screen at the houston one and we're part of that so that's pretty cool
1: cool yeah, I love anthologies, and I like that in the past handful of years, God, more than a handful of years, they made a bit of a comeback. And yeah, I'm just trying to think of what we screened, like a bunch of the VHS ones. Yeah, I
0: think we uh, Ghost Stories was a really good one recently. Nice. Yeah, nice. And, and, and like Christmas Horror Story was amazing too. Nice. Like, Nightmare nice. Cinema. Yeah, nice. like I love anthologies. Like it's, I think it's a short attention span thing, probably, but a creep show is like my favorite horror movie. But it's like a great way in for us indie film guys, right? Mm-hmm. Because. Biting off a whole feature
2: film is next to impossible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, especially at the budget levels we're able to attain. So, you know, if you can get like five or ten of us together, we can make a really good short 15, you know, and then pack those together. And then for audience goers, they get to watch that. And then if that 15, they're not that into it, well, a new 15 starting soon they can not
1: worry about it, right? Mm-hmm. So Well, even something like Nightmare Cinema, it's bigger filmmakers, but it shows you how... It is always impossible because mm. you've got in that group Joe Dante yeah. who directed Gremlins <laughs> uh, Mick Garris who did the stand which at the time and maybe even now is by far the biggest TV miniseries of all time yeah. like the numbers on that were staggering right and then it was the director of One of the Dead and a couple oh, yeah. others but all with cred and they made that movie because just what you just said we can make a bunch of shorts do exactly what we want, not have studio interference and get it out there. And I know they're working on a sequel and it did well, like, you know, and it didn't make a billion dollars, but it made enough money, played at a bunch of Mayfair type theaters. Yeah. And, but it shows you how it's just like, you know, if the guy who directed gremlins is still fighting to make movies. Yeah. We screened, So bad, it's good movies. We screen The Room and we screen Neil Breen stuff. Of course. But there's a part of me, even having just watched the latest Neil Breen a couple days ago. Tell me about it. There's a part of me that I'm just, as a 80s generation nerd bullied kid, Right. there's a part of me laughing at Neil Breen who feels bad because he's a filmmaker who did it. He made a feature film that is out there and packing cinemas and good for him. Do you think he's trolling? Do
0: you think he's self-aware? Or if you think- he
1: is, it's the greatest
0: troll of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like the Kaiser Soze of filmmakers. You're like, yeah. I can't believe this whole time it was him. Because- I haven't heard him talk enough to like yeah. know, but... I know what you mean. I've
2: met people like him on festival circuits where yeah. you watch something they do and you're like, the movie you described is nowhere near the movie <laughs> yeah, yeah. that yeah. was they on don't that screen get like... or something like that. But sometimes you'll meet people who make something, maybe they, they miss the mark, but you can tell they have the passion about it. You can tell like they're maybe just a few thousand dollars away from actually getting what they want because they just couldn't afford to get what they want, right?
1: Well, yeah. like back in, God, was it 99? How many movies? just as good as Blair Witch came out. Right, yeah. That just didn't have that right place at the right time mm-hmm. and a film festival programmer who supported it. Right. And That's a big thing. Yeah. I don't know where you're going to go with that. But... Well, j- just that how it's, it's a lot of skill but a lot of luck. And you hear oh, anybody, yeah, and I don't yeah, think yeah. they're being humble. I'm not the most humongous fan of Kevin Smith as a filmmaker. I'm a big fan of him as a person businessman and and a businessman Mm -hmm. and a a nerd who made it and appreciates where he is same and he says over and over again there was probably 75 other clerks made when clerks came out yeah about a little black and white movie about someone working at a store or somebody working at an office or somebody as a a high school student and he lucked out with some supportive film fest people and now he's kevin smith yeah a hundred percent i yeah the
2: point you touched on just about a festival director liking something it's weird like doing the festival circuit it's both amazing and then like it'll like sink your all your self-esteem to zero (laughs) on a daily basis where you'll get into one and not get into another see some other films that got in you're like well why not us i've seen that film i I don't totally understand Mm -hmm. or how did we slip through or and honestly like from what i found out it's a, a few things like most of the time it's just a timing thing and if your movie's 15 minutes and they have a 12 minute slot then the 12 minute movie gets in it doesn't matter at all about that but sometimes it is that luck or who you meet at a festival i don't know if you guys know about the terrifier movies oh yeah, the- oh, yeah. The- oh, yeah. we, we
1: screen two somewhat just, recently
2: yeah. okay cool that i bet you if you came to terrifier or terrifier 2 you'll love these movies you'll, you love, <laughs> you'll love half hour horror actually yeah but it's Damien, better because it's not uh, two and a half hours long, too. Exactly, right? <laughs> but Damien Leone, like, he got lucky at a festival, right? He tried to crowdfund his thing. It got $300 at oh, first. God. He just met a guy at a festival that was like, Yeah, I like your stuff. How much money do you need? Only 30 grand. All right, I'll give you that money. Yeah. And it was just a guy at a festival, right? And then sometimes it's just, that kind of luck that you're like, holy shit! Yeah. Oh wait, can we swear? Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah.
0: Just you. We're not allowed. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Those are fun though too, because like I-, I liked the All Hallows Eve. Speaking of anthologies, like exactly, where yeah, Art the yeah. Clown came out of, and, and it's also fascinating to me. Cause I'm a big fan of the movie Truth or Dare, like the '80s one. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool because that came out of an anthology as well. that It yeah. was a short film they adapted, and just the idea of that. When then that was also just two guys, just Tim yeah. Ritter and Joel Weinkoop where you're just like we want to make movies, so we're doing this, and it's yeah. kind of to most people shitty or whatever especially by today's standards. You know, it's like most people most kids wouldn't even watch it but maybe not no but to like think that you know a spark of that can become another movie which becomes another movie and becomes a franchise you know and it's like yeah it's not for everyone it's not hollywood but it's you know for people in this room it's amazing no but i wonder though hollywood puts out a lot of stuff that's
2: questionable right yeah Yeah. (laughs) and people still go and see it but i feel like there is some of those movies that they put out that's questionable that doesn't have the love that's put
1: into it like an indie film Mm
2: -hmm. or even just like a lower budget film that people have to work really hard to get the thing and to finish the thing and
1: well I think a lot of the success and I am a fan of Star Wars and Marvel just as much as I am as John Waters you know I I like everything right but I think really especially with Marvel you could point at that they started realizing that Don't just hire somebody who did a bunch of good music videos. Hire somebody (laughs) who actually likes the project. You can go back to Sam Raimi with Spider-Man. Right. Is somebody who, when he was a kid, read Spider-Man comics and actually could hold a conversation in the room. About the topic. And then hiring someone like James Gunn, who came out of Lloyd Kaufman movies, Mm. but hiring weird indie filmmakers versus somebody who made a bunch of really nice car commercials yeah and we were talking about super mario brothers before and how the original versus the new one and i bet you you could track that the new one was made by a bunch of animators and writers yeah who loved the Video games. Yeah, totally. Whereas the first one, I bet you, was made by some competent Hollywood filmmakers. You think? I think it maybe. Was, I, I don't think, know. I think
2: you're not factoring in the mountains of cocaine that were yeah, involved yeah. in that first <laughs> yeah. Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. There's no way nobody was sober being like, this is a great, <laughs> a great idea, idea, guys. That was yeah. just the Dennis Jolly Hopper G-E. budget, too. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> you want him? You got to be ready. <laughs> guys, we got a lot of under the table kind of money. We're going to need a lot of cash. Let's just say we're going to I need remember lot of cash. watching,
1: I went to see. Transformers, Michael Bay Transformers, which was a while ago, man. That was like two thousand seven. Oh yeah, yeah, and I went just like everyone else went, and I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. Then I went to see Transformers two, got a free pass, one of those. free <laughs> feel passes. like you had to that? I had to say that. that, yeah. But I won one. Of I those didn't pay my own living. money, just so you know, guys. <laughs> and to be fair to the movie, my friend and I sat there. And as the credits rolled, he looked at me and he was like... And it was perfectly timed. He went, that was terrible. <laughs> and then the audience burst into applause. Really? For real. For his
0: comment or for no, the movie no, for, being for over? No, no, for the
1: movie being, being uh, okay, the movie. And then, again, to be fair to it, I cannot critique because I did not watch Transformers 3, 4, 5, I think. Yeah,
0: at least five. But Possibly they made more.
1: five of them. And, and Bumblebee. Then, and then Bumblebee and then the new one. So they kept making money. But I think a movie mm. like that... I know for a fact Michael Bay had no connection to Transformers. No. And not that Transformers is like Winnie the Pooh, but it's something that people have an affection for. Yeah. And he came in there and just wanted explosions and fashion models. Totally. And then you watch something like Sam Raimi Spider-Man, where he can talk about the Peter MJ relationship, when he knows the relationship with Aunt May, when he fights to have just one villain in it and concentrate on that. You look at the 90s with... Oh, my God. What? Like, The Phantom, The Rocketeer, The Shadow, (laughs) Dick Tracy. You love The Rocketeer, though. I love The Rocketeer. (laughs) Throw throw him under the the bus. But they all flopped. Yeah. They did, eh? And I think that's kind of like the studio and the filmmakers didn't know what to do with it. I don't know. but So, anyhow, they're doing a better job with making the big movies now and at least getting some talent behind the camera who cares about yeah, it. Yeah,
2: I wonder how much of it is, like, you always hear stories, and it's more like studios that end up directing it through them, regardless of, like, hey, we got this ex-name director, mm-hmm. yeah. writer on it, but then it ends up, you hear stories through the grapevine of, wow, they had a lot of people standing over their shoulders. Are you sure you want to do that? Well, or? Did it,
1: I'm trying to think of a recent example, but wasn't, was Barbarian a short that the director did both the short and there's a few examples lately of a horror short oh no smile yeah smile was a very successful horror short no budget yeah and then the filmmaker which doesn't happen all the time the studio was like we're gonna buy your concept and you yeah and it totally worked where that was a rarity of critically acclaimed fan acclaimed made money like those three things i think
2: like the budget level is a factor. Cause I don't think that was a huge budget to make no, that. No, no, that that's what horror version. movies are
1: great at. They're like, you can yeah. have $10 million.
2: Yeah. And that's a lot for like a horror. I can make, oh, yeah. I can make movies for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That kind of money. If you're out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's uh, your angel investor at the film uh, festival? Hey guys, guy. <laughs> uh, come say, Hey, uh, I got ideas. They have that kind of money, but like it, the more money that's involved, the more people that have a say, I think. And I think that's probably what drives it.
1: Yeah. And there was that interesting thing that's happening more and more. Countless examples where the more recent Halloween, which is... Right. I haven't watched the new ones yet. I'm bad. We live in a world where we have three movies called Halloween, two of which are canonical. And, like, you could have called it Halloween Returns or Halloween... Halloweens with an S, at least. What do you guys think about the Rob
2: Zombie Halloweens? I know this is a controversial topic for people.
1: See, I was, again, not a super fan, but I was fine with them. I know some people, it's, like, their most hated things in the universe. I don't know why. I like that Rob did it. He said... He had had some success with his own projects, and Hollywood came a calling, and it was a big sheet of remakes. And they were like, <laughs> yeah. and he kind of looked at Halloween, and he said, "Well, if I don't do it, someone's going to do it. So let me try to make a weird Halloween movie." Yeah, I yeah. thought he did
2: great with the two. They're their own thing. There's still enough of the old that they're good. I just personally love the minutia of he shot the first one on like Super thirty five film and purposely made it look kind of terrible, and then he was like. It doesn't look bad enough. I'll shoot the second one on sixteen, which at the time in that era, everyone was going digital. The big thing was like we're stopping shooting on thirty-five yeah, mil. Yeah. It's too expensive. Everybody's gonna go digital, which is which is fine. But yeah, and then he was like, I'm gonna go back the other way and shoot it on sixteen mil. It's grainy
0: as all heck, but it makes it scarier in a way. I find. Yeah, it's very unique, looking the second one. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't love the second one. Like I loved that he did something different. It's the only one in that franchise like that. Which is another reason why I like Halloween End. The third one is yeah. totally different. It didn't work for me. Like, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't, like hate it. But I just, yeah. I just was like, okay, I see what you're doing. It's cool that you did something different. It's not working for me. I'll never watch it again. But I'm like, you know, I do like, it's better than regurgitating the same movie again and yeah. again.
1: Did yeah. you watch The Munsters? I can't find it. It's hard to find. It's- I
2: was trying to find it and I've been told it's bad. But you can't <laughs> get it here in Canada. It's. So we
1: watched it. Yeah, was, that, was it on Disney or what? It, it was on Crave, but oh, it Crave. might be gone oh. again. I don't know. Yeah, okay, But to this day, it's all I think about. It's, <laughs> I can't figure out if it was horrible or if he geniusly made the perfect sitcom. <laughs> it feels just like, and it's way too long. It's like over two hours. <laughs> oh. But it just feels like four episodes of The Munsters. And the actors are all like not winking at the camera. The only thing is, it's not all in black and white. There's bits in black and white. And it's essentially their origin story. So it could be like four episodes leading up to the first. But I want to hear his audio commentary on it. Because <laughs> it feels like a 1960s sitcom. Okay. And if that's what he intended to do, is he a great filmmaker or... Or is he just out of control? Like, But he exactly. loves the subject
0: matter, at least, like yeah. touching uh, what we were talking about. So at the very least, I don't know what I expected it to be, but I know clearly loves the material. So right. at and least. it's kid-friendly, like For it's a sure. kid's movie. I don't know any kids who have seen it, so I don't know what they <laughs> right. think
2: about it. It'd be just weird being like, we're going to show your kid at Rob Zombie. Or Rob Zombie movie. Anything, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: are like, well, I don't know. But he's such a weird filmmaker because he's just done a bunch of these real horror movies. Yeah. And then a couple of
0: Halloweens, and then the monsters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he was gonna do the Blob for a while there. Oh like, yeah, you know, just, I heard and, about that. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I wonder what happened there, but I love his passion. Like Devil's Rejects is a classic, I think. Like I mean, a yeah. modern classic. I really like Has of a Thousand Corpses too. It's silly, like it's yeah. ridiculous, but it's fun as hell. You know? The making of that is really great. Oh, for sure. That like, disc was crazy good. Yeah, like.
2: like That's what I kind of miss about like having physical copies of stuff. Now everything's Mm. digital and it's hard to like keep track of that. But having that like DVD with the commentary and like the little behind the scenes, that was more of a film school than film school for me.
1: Oh, yeah. Like I would say having gone to film school, it's one of those things where it was great and I met people and it was fun and I got to make some short films and stuff but now today yeah it's like get a smartphone and download some editing stuff right and yeah. make a bunch of mistakes with your friends yeah, make a totally. bunch of shorts exactly we've screened a number of things on the big screen whether it be local short film stuff or professional feature films and and especially the feature films the gimmick is like we shot this on an iPhone and you right. watch it and i think unless you're like a cinema nerd you wouldn't yeah. tell and most so, people don't know or they don't care now
2: or yeah. maybe not but yeah, I think all that, the medium, it doesn't matter what you capture on anymore. And I don't think it mattered even back in the day. Like, there's oh, stuff yeah. that was good, like
1: the Rob Zombie on 16 mil or yeah. 8 mil stuff, shot mil. And imagine how much more money you would have had to spend to make a 15-minute short if you were shooting on film. Oh, we would have spent all our money on just And the how film. much... What's great about digital, like, there's arguments on either side, but you could keep shooting or yeah. you get to post... And then you're like, oh, my God, that shot I loved, I didn't realize the boom was in the shot. Right. Whereas on digital, you you, see it. You see it there's right. software now you can like erase that out oh,
2: too yeah <laughs> and submitting
0: to film festivals must be crazy easy now like if everything being digital you're just like you're not sending a film somewhere. yeah
2: you know what i'm glad you brought that up it's very easy to do it mm-hmm. but at the same time there's so many more festivals now True, and yeah. it's hard to kind of wade through some that are scams there's some outright full-on scams out there that are oh uh, yeah 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 it's yeah. like online festivals that are clearly just scams give I, us 200 dollars to review your film there's a lot of that or pay for reviews or pay for being in the festival pay for your award oh man. yeah that, yeah. W- that one's kind of like sketchy as well so there's a lot of that out there now so it's like the good comes and then the bad eventually shows up to kind of like scam a lot of filmmakers unfortunately i think
1: it's the bruce campbell paraphrasing his quote from his book if chins could kill if chins could kill I love that book where i think it was in the book he said what's great about now is if you're a poet if you're a songwriter if you're a stand-up comedian even if you're not doing it professionally, you can express yourself pretty yeah, easily. Yeah. But if you're a filmmaker, it's hard. You need a lot of friends helping you out, whatever. But the yeah. blessing and the curse nowadays is everybody can make a movie. So that's great. Yeah. Everybody can make a movie. Then the bad thing, everybody can make a movie. So <laughs> when they made Shorts or Evil Dead 1, there was only so much competition. Yeah. Whereas now there's a lot of there's a lot of competition yeah to get
2: into those handful of slots yeah. i don't know if festivals just send us this as like uh make you feel better if you didn't get in but, right right but like more often than not even getting in some of the opening lines of the you got in or didn't get in always says you know we got 800 submissions this year we got a yeah. 1, One said like 2400 submissions God. which i was like who's making these movies <laughs> like it's kind of crazy the amount that's out there i don't know if people are just sitting on stuff over the pandemic and now it's kind of opening up a bit more now they're able to a make something Mm -hmm. because they can actually shoot again or whatnot but yeah like it, it has been kind of crazy like just seeing those numbers i've heard other filmmakers say like yeah they've been saying that for years or other people have like no it's actually been unprecedented years or some festivals have confided in us after and said yeah it's unprecedented like we can't get through them all and That all being said, at the end of the day, I think if you're undeniable, you won't be denied, as the saying goes, right? Throughout this festival circuit, we end up screening with a lot of the same films. uh, And we've gotten to know them either through social media or in person going to some of these. And that's been kind of rewarding, too. So,
1: Yeah, and it, it really is the simplest thing of doing it. It's the hardest thing. But if you write that screenplay and you make that, it's the harsh critique of anybody in in any arts like yeah bands or whatever there's so many people out there who say i want to do this yeah but then they don't exactly and i have friends in bands who aren't making a full living off it they got day jobs but they play at house of targ they've played uh, over in england down in the states they have albums they have fans and they did it And they're miles ahead of so many people who want to be in a band. Yeah. You can make that analogy anywhere. Like one of our employees here has been getting into doing stand-up comedy. And he fell into the routine and he does it once a week. And he's getting better and better. And that's a big thing of just doing your art form. And it's also, there's no shame. I always get so mad when people use a term like hobby. And I'm like, no, my writing partner and I. dnd is a hobby. This is. Yeah, yeah. But now there's people making a living with dnd podcasts. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like, I take it back. Yeah, but uh, I had a comic come out called Damn Chris Children. Same thing. We were like, you know, a 10 year overnight success story. And one day we were in the right place at the right time. My writing partner, Howard, was at a comic con, met an editor. And it's a comic book about monster children and went through so many people who were like, oh, we really like it. The artwork's great, but we can't have that kind of violence towards kids. And you're like, oh, okay, understandable. Yeah. We found a publisher, got published, did really well with it. Nice. We were just at Fan Expo and people come up and are like, oh, do you have any advice? It's really hard and it might take a while, but we did it. Yeah. And you just, you have to submit to editors. You got to get that rejection. You got to try, you got to do it. Yeah. And then when it comes out, And I find this with film, with comics, with bands, you have to keep working because there's that Mm -hmm. sense of like, I made my short film, the Uh end. And you're like, no, no. now you've got to get it out in the world.
2: Get it out. And then you got to start immediately writing something new because
1: what else do they ask you?
0: What are you working on now? You're only as good as your last hit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. And
1: you just, but there's also just sense of like, oh my God, can't you just buy this one? (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) you uh, so hard. Just yeah. Come to the Mayfair, September 30th. What is good, hopefully, what is good, what I like about the Mayfair is there is often that support for local. Yeah. And you said you're doing a cast and crew type event with it, kind of multitasking. What I really like, and it really is endearing when the crew comes and mm. the parents come and yeah. the friends come. It's such a nice compliment to us because you get a bit, you forget. I don't forget that the Mayfair is cool. But when you're in the trenches and you're dressed because the Coke fridge is broken and you're trying to right. you're trying to get the website fixed, there's always something else to do. The simple joy that when your credits roll, people will applaud and be so excited because they'll be like, "Oh, that's my name, that's my name. Yeah, and that's so much fun. That's so cool.
2: Yeah, I think that's something special, too. And there's a few people that worked on the movie that have told me after, you created a great environment on set. I had the best time. It was, like, going to camp again, like I was 10 or something like that, which to me is, A, surprising because it was kind of hellish for me on set. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But to hear that, I've had a few people after our shoots, other stuff we've done in the past, been like, yeah, your sets are great. I've been on union sets. I've been on other sets. And, like, even though they're like, even though you don't pay us that great, but, you know, like. They feel they need to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't think we forgot. Yeah, don't think we forgot. You owe me that. You're coming over to help me move next week. Yeah, you promised. Yeah, that's how indie films get made. But uh, yeah, they've paid us a lot of compliments of the food was great. The accommodations were great. They were treated well on set and they were given like a space to be creative, which I think is important for a lot of people too. So Mm.
1: yeah, I think the most important thing on a no budget short film is food. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like if, couldn't agree if more. If you got I did a short film ages back and my mum did craft service for us. We were all just out of film school, but we had some people who had worked on stuff, like you just said, and how pleased they were to mm. get some chili or a nice sandwich yeah. or some dessert stuff.
0: It goes so far. Right? Because they said,
1: sometimes you're on these no-budget shoots and you've been working for 14 hours
0: and they've got like a bag of plain chips. And even head. a muffin can hit, you know, at the right moment. You're yeah. like, man, that muffin was good. <laughs> yeah.
2: Honestly, yeah. People will ask you for advice on these things. If you can have just good food on your set. Yeah. yeah. It'll go so far. And again, just treating people nice because... If you treat people not that great on these smaller shoots or like you exploit them too far, Mm -hmm. you're never going to have them back. And it's such a small community that that word gets around. And then, you know, I've heard stories of how they've treated people on set. It's like, I don't want to go work on that. That's not going to be fun. That's not going to be a good experience. Mm -hmm. But
1: if you know you're going to, at the end of the day, make something medium good, but you're going to have a good experience with people, you know, you'll go far. Yeah. I have a friend who did costumes on my little short films and now two decades later, she works on a ton of stuff. A lot of her day job is working on the Groundhog Day routine of Christmas movies in Ottawa. Yeah. So she's worked on shot here, a ton of those. And she's also worked on some other cool stuff and she's won a couple of awards. And I just, it makes my little Grinch heart swell because whenever she introduces me to somebody, she's like, he's the person who gave me my first shot. Oh, that's and great. Though. now she does all these Christmas movies and does fun stuff like Gwen and I were watching a Christmas movie a couple of years ago that she worked on. And Gwen just happened to say, oh, I really like that jacket that one of the characters is wearing. So I texted up Jen and I was like, I wasn't fishing for a gift, but I went, where did you get that? <laughs> and she went, oh, I've used that in like three movies. I should get rid of it. I'll give it to you. Oh, nice. So now Gwen has this nice plaid Canadian looking jacket. Nice. That Fran Drescher wore in a TV movie. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, cool. Nice. Fran Drescher too. That's awesome. You've got a piece of TV movie history exactly. right there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome
0: see what i really want to know i'm gonna forget if i don't ask it now yeah so both these short films did they happen to just be 15 minutes and you're like okay thank god or did you have to edit down or up to get each of them to be well i guess you didn't say they're both 15 it's 30 minutes combined yeah let's just say there's
2: some rounding (laughs) (laughs) okay let's say my grade 12 is a barely grade 12 for my math (laughs) all right guys you sound like ricky and trailer park Boys. (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) guys once you guys get your grade 10 yeah yeah, this changes everything there's so much about trailer park boys that i I was like is this a documentary about my life my friends yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is just selling it even more now yeah, you like yeah. you gotta come and see this guy <laughs> exactly but yeah it's just a little bit over and there might be a bit of you know extra little thing there for people yeah, yeah, too yeah. Okay. like so just to make it worth everybody's while fun and yeah i'm gonna do like a little intro tell a few stories and then after i'll bring some people up i'll tell some stories about filming there's a lot of this almost didn't happen type stories or oh, always the holy crap moments that happened right before doing these things, some fun stories from casting to like now doing the festival run, which has been pretty great. Now we're I'm kind of treating this as like the kickoff to the big festival circuit season, because we've been in a lot leading up to this, but like October end of September, October, November is the big genre kind of festivals start happening. Each weekend from this weekend on, we're in four plus festivals a weekend. Screening mostly in the States. There's a couple in Canada, but genres festivals are obviously a lot bigger in the States and they support it a lot more than Canada. Unfortunately, maybe we're starting a thing here, but come on out to the Mayfair. It's cheap. It's only, it's, we say it's suggested Five bucks, but if you get there and you can't pay or something, you have no money, just come on in anyways. Who cares? Grab or if you're popcorn. generous, yeah.
0: support the arts and give them more money. Oh yeah. Gonna, but, yeah. Gonna, but somebody pay. Like don't <laughs> just everyone come and be like, I can't pay. You yeah, if right? there's a lot of that, then we'll catch on. Maybe <laughs> a little. suspicious. We might get suspicious. But again, it's five bucks. Like yeah, come yeah. on. It's not that big a deal. That's the glorious indie amount. I've played so many shows that we're like, five bucks. You know, you get a couple of bands, well, you're having fun. It's five bucks. It's what do you care bucks. about five bucks? It's come five on. bucks.
1: When You're like, Mom, I know you have five bucks. Yeah, yeah. come on.
0: <laughs> my mom expects to get in for free for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my well, mom expects so. there's gonna be a red carpet for her. Oh, wife, yeah, specifically. Is she in the movie? No, okay. What? She's, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume she wasn't, but you know, I mean, Lee's mom was in his movie, yeah. yeah so that's yeah. like, fair. I, that's I mean, fair. anyone you can get for free is usually like good in to put that movie. In. Yeah, <laughs> no, fair enough. She would be if anyways that's another topic there's still but time there's still, there's still time. time yeah yeah exactly
2: appreciate if people want to come out even if you're in the film scene in ottawa just come out say hey like see what other stuff's being made in the city i would always love hanging out with and meeting other filmmakers anywhere in the world but specifically from where i live because you can get together and make stuff together and for sure nice to know those types of folks are there as well but come on out I think people will be surprised
1: at the quality level of the stuff. I don't want to toot our own horns. I said to Eric a couple weeks ago that just seeing the trailer when I was putting together the website stuff, and I was like, well, the trailer looks really good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think we kind of you know stick the landing, too, on both of them. So I think people will be pretty happy with their five bucks worth. Excellent. It's really like two fifty a movie if you think about
0: it. That's nothing. It's like the good old days. It's I like, like it. a coffee. Like, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And if you think, you're not gonna get that type of deal anywhere else. Plus you get the talking and the maybe, you didn't say Q&A, but I'm sure there could be. Yeah, we'll answer questions for yeah. sure. There is a lot of questions after of how we did stuff
2: at all the screenings we've done. I don't wanna give any spoilers, but we do a lot of practical effects in both films. It's a good mix of practical, digital, mostly practical. So people are kind of interested how we did it, maybe how we pulled it off for the low dollar amount. So mm. yeah, happy to answer all all those questions talk to people cool. if you're too shy to after come on up and say hey after i'm happy to sidebar with you if you don't want to shout out a question but yeah we'll be there putting on our best show
1: okay so before we wrap up let us quickly do our job and mention the movies coming up the week of Friday, September 22nd here at the Mayfair. We have a couple new films. One is called Love Life. It's a Korean family melodrama about a tragedy that brings a family together. Munich Film Fest, Venice Film Fest, and Philadelphia Film Fest Best Film
0: Nominee. Damn. Nice.
1: We were in the Philadelphia Film Fest. I was literally going
0: to ask semi-jokingly if you were in any of those. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: Damn. Gwen and I stumbled on the Philly Film Fest a few years back going to Philadelphia to see Mystery Science Theater. And it happened to be at the same time. And they had a few free screenings, and we went to some, and it was great. That's an example of a city that has a festival that supports local and is showing local stuff. And, like, they'll still retweet stuff or, you know, share yeah, stuff. Yeah, cool like, they Yeah. Then Ottawa premiere of a new Benicio Del Toro oh. crime drama called oh. Reptile. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I saw the trailer for this. This is a brand new film. This is the interesting thing. So Lee went to TIFF, and he met with Netflix. Just in the last week kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, man. And this is from that, where this bizarre world we're in. So the good news, the silver lining, is Netflix is supportive of screening stuff at Mayfair-type theaters because they could never get a deal made with the multiplexes. Because the multiplexes were like, no, you have to screen for three months before going to Netflix. Whereas we're like, no, we'll show a new movie with Benicio Toro for a week. Yeah. And it's good for our patrons because a lot of people, even if you have Netflix, want to see a movie on the big screen. Yeah, especially in the Mayfair. Yeah. I don't Mm -hmm. say that just being here with you guys, but like it's a special place. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's good for them because I forget the exact rule, but by being on big screens, then they qualify as a quote unquote Real movie? I don't know. (laughs) Not TV movie? It's so confusing nowadays. Is it confusing or is it just kind of like, all right, guys, come on. Yeah, come on. It's
0: whatever. So so
1: got some good acclaim. It screened at TIFF. That's where Lee ran into it. And I think it's just like a Benicio del Toro, crime doesn't pay, he's a cop and things go horribly wrong kind of movie. It's but
0: It has Justin Timberlake in it too, Justin though. Timberlake. So, I mean... I and guess.
1: Alicia Silverstone.
0: Oh, okay. So, really
1: interesting casting for the supporting parts. A good but 90s throwback there. Yeah. When yeah. I saw a picture, I was like, is
0: that Alicia Silverstone? And, Dang. and it is. So, that is our two new films this week. I thought that he battled like an alligator in it or something. When it's like, oh, Reptile, all right. And I'm like, the trailer going on. I was like, hey, there isn't really a reptile, no reptile in this. But not even that Mortal <laughs> Kombat it, it, character. It's like, metaphor yeah the
2: reptiles and metaphor they are like oh
0: the rat yeah. symbolizes obviousness <laughs> so you're like oh, okay
1: <laughs> i understand then we continue our epic william friedkin tribute oh shit. month and a half yeah it's been a while with to live and die in la mm. oh nice this has been on my list for a while i haven't seen this one so i'm glad to yeah. get to catch yeah. this one the funniest thing i found in this i love really weird specific awards so this movie was 1985 and it won at the Stuntman Awards, most spectacular sequence and best vehicular stunt award. <laughs> nice. I mean, I didn't know there was a stunt award. I don't know if they still exist, but also it got
0: four to four stars from Roger Ebert. So
1: it also was acclaimed in that sense.
0: And it came out the same year as Day of the Dead. So, I mean, that's... That doesn't mean anything. To me, it does. (laughs) All right. It didn't have the best vehicular stunt award. Well, it should have. It had an alligator, unlike Reptile. Just saying.
2: (laughs) I think about the year stuff comes out, though, because it is kind of interesting when a summer just hits sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. like...
1: That summer was great for movies. Well, there, there's stuff time, where it's like ET like e. came out at the same time as The Thing. Yeah, right. And yeah. the and mindset Runner, made guess. sense of like, oh, all the kiddies are gonna go see ET, so the grownups will go see The Thing. But instead, everybody went to see ET and The Thing, which is I think universally considered a masterpiece. Yeah, was a super flop and almost ruined John Carpenter's career. That's so
0: weird to think about. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh C- Creepshow came out at the same basic time, but I don't think and, that did super well. And Blade at the time. Runner
1: was Blade Runner right in there. Uh, yeah, too? It was the same
0: year but I can't remember if it was... E.T. smushed a whole bunch of movies. Oh, yeah. I'm sure people will talk about, like,
2: Barbie doing that now. Probably, yeah. a lot that came out, and then Barbie, the one
1: nobody thought was going to do what it did, the biggest movie of all time. And there's uh, just simply not enough hours in the day, right? Especially now. That's what happened with a few years back with Han Solo, where I forget what it was, but it came up against... Black Panther and Deadpool and Fast and Furious or something. I think
2: the director's being kicked off of it, too. Maybe had some spoiled stuff for people.
1: You know, sometimes a nerd will go see a Star Wars movie three times. And that's why it makes so much money. But when you're like, oh, well, I got to go see Black Panther. And, oh, I got to go see Deadpool. And then when the average viewer who goes see a movie every couple months. Yeah. We screened Sorcerer recently, which came out the same time as Star Wars. And they were like, Star Wars, nobody knew. And they were like, oh, here's a movie from the director of The Exorcist and The French Connection. It's going to be enormous. Mm-hmm. And it got stomped. And because of this little Star Wars sci-fi movie that no
0: one saw coming. That wasn't even it was the B picture too. Like da- oh, yeah. Dam Nation Alley was supposed to be the A picture and no one even remembers Damnation Alley. Alec Guinness was sad that he was in it. <laughs> like, wow. like, so funny to think about, eh? I think of that too, like or Peter Cushing, you know, when it, that's the first thing so much of us saw him in as kids, and then later you're like, wait, he was this big horror star, and like, well, not even just horror. Ev- everything,
2: yeah. It's kind of funny to think about what they become now.
0: and Like Christopher Lee, like, what, a, God, what a career. You can't even. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, he got the great thing too, that I think Mark Hamill's getting now, mm-hmm. and will have, he's younger than Christopher Lee was, of geeks become filmmakers and then hire their childhood heroes. Yeah. And when Christopher Lee was in Sleepy Hollow for Tim Burton, Star Wars for George Lucas, and Lord of the Rings for Peter Jackson, that's because those three guys were fans of Hammer horror films. And so now Mark Hamill is doing a lot more live-action stuff. He was in the Dark Crystal reboot, and that's why.
2: I've heard, too, through some podcasts and the grapevine that mark hamill's son is kind of tapped into the now and yeah he brings a lot of stuff to his dad of like hmm. you can trust this guy he's cool this is worth doing kind of thing yeah. so shout out to mark hamill's
1: son so. that's why he showed up in cool like indie movies every once in a while like, yeah. like, what was that one brigsby bear did you uh, see that oh one? yeah yeah no. <laughs> it's like a weird how do you explain it like a, a guy gets
0: caught up in a cult yeah, that is around a children's tv show kind of thing yeah there's an oh. abduction subplot not even subplot kind of the main plot i guess he was kind of abducted and he thinks it's his parents but it wasn't his parents it was mark hamill who kidnapped him i guess ah, I don't know. yeah but it's
1: really cool it's directed and starring a saturday night live guy who i don't know because saturday night live is like x-men comics and sesame street you have a few years and then you move on and it keeps going and you're like who's that muppet on sesame street i don't know who that is <laughs> no idea and saturday night lives like that like i know my teenage years of saturday night live and yeah. everybody else i'm like i don't know who you are but yeah but yeah, I think about that with those type of actors. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell has like a Quentin Tarantino movie in his future. Oh I really God. can see that. Him one doing can something like that. One yeah. can hope.
2: It's funny though, when Bruce Campbell shows up on screen, I've been in theaters where he'll just show up on screen and it will just get a laugh. Oh yeah. His face,
1: just be like, hey, it's him. <laughs> yeah, he's so talented. You're he's the so, guy. The oh, screen man. loves him. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, to work with Bruce Campbell one day? Oh, The dream. Yeah. So then we have an interesting Ottawa premiere 4K restoration. It's... A short and a short feature. One's called The Seafarers and one's called Fear and Desire. They're from the early 50s. And it's two long-lost Stanley Kubrick projects. What? And that is the great thing now about digital. A lot of traditionalists are like oh the death of film but these digital restorations what's making it really interesting is finding weird stuff like this yeah where if it was on film be impossible to screen yeah and so it's 60 minutes is technically a feature i've learned that in the last few years that 60 yeah. minutes and over and that's why some movies like dumbo or dracula are like 65 minutes or whatever but yeah so one is it's a documentary it's about the seafarers international union so i think it's a straight up just documentary or like a come get a job with us type thing but it was by Stanley Kubrick. So that's what makes it interesting. Interesting, yeah. Fear and Desire is a war picture. It's simple like guys behind enemy lines. Right. But the reviews of it say like it's very interesting because you could see hints of the future of Stanley Kubrick. So that's just a really neat, real true film nerd night of come yeah. see some young Stanley Kubrick shorts up on the big screen and we're screening it as two for one just normal admission price it's a 90 minutes total so that's like a movie and it's a short and a feature of that's really cool you'll never see this again yeah, like
0: <laughs> you'll reminds never see this me again. of his half hour of gore power but I already forgot that's way better name than we came up <laughs> <of>. oh, <laughs> half hour of gore power <laughs> like, that's what it is yeah you don't know what's in the trunk but probably something gory we don't yeah know. it's a half hour of gore power yeah, that's baby what I assumed you know
1: so if you do it again next year you got to call it half hour of gore power yeah that's if we make a film festival
2: <laughs> yeah yeah tiny font time subject to change <laughs> yeah yeah we don't know
0: <laughs> it's gonna be fun
1: the timing wouldn't work for the rhyming yeah so, no. <laughs> we... so then rocky horror picture show oh our gee, we're final... still going yeah we're still going rocky Horror picture show our final screening before the big halloween event so if you want to come see rocky horror but want it to be a bit calmer Come see it this month, because next month will be chaos. Yeah, but it's more fun when you come when it's chaos. Oh, Mm. it is. And now the movie's 50 years old, which I always think is neat because you have senior citizens coming who saw it in their younger days yeah. and you have 15 year olds coming for the first time so you get a real neat mashup yeah. of patrons coming to see right. this yeah i think
2: one of my uh, friends is actually in the cast this oh, year cool. but yeah some other friends that are a little bit younger than me went and saw it for the first time this year and while they had a good time i think it was a little bit lost on them of like yeah. just all the inside jokes and everything like that happens but i was like i feel like rocky horror is a cultural experience that you have to go, so, yeah. go yeah. see right like
1: yeah. it's Well, I was in high school when it came out on VHS and... It was pretty big deal on VHS, but nonetheless, you're like, even if you have 20 friends packed into your living room dancing, it is not the same as seeing it in a packed Halloween time. And
2: this is like one of the best places to see it. Oh, yeah. I've seen it in a few different cities. I don't think anywhere else does it as good as here.
1: The Absent Friend Shadowcast is so good. Such great hosts. Yeah. And they know this better than I do, but we're something like the third most popular in North America for Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, that makes sense. And the other two (laughs) cities are like New York and LA. Yeah.
2: It's amazing. If you've never been, obviously mm-hmm. you, gotta you gotta come. Gotta go. Yeah, gotta it's so go. fun.
1: So then I'll just quickly mention we have three rentals. One is the Ottawa Korean Film Festival oh, is showing cool. a movie called Django Uncharged. Okay, a,
0: you really they that is a tricky one. Oh, there.
1: It, oh it's, <laughs> the amount of times that I have typed out Django Unchained or <laughs> when I'm typing out for the calendar. So it's Django Uncharged. It's a comedy about a filmmaker in Korea okay. who's making a western. And the filmmaker will be in attendance. Whoa. No way. From Korea. That's really far away. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's a really cool thing. And then a group is hosting a free movie night on Wednesday, September 27th of Asteroid City and Blade Runner 2049.
0: That's insane. That's such a crazy double bill. And that it's free is absurd to me.
1: It's not on the website as I speak, but by the time the podcast is posted, the info will be up there. It's a local architect group. And I think they're just doing it for publicity, for the love of the game, and they're okay. showing two kind of production design heavy movies, and it's free, but you gotta reserve your ticket, so go do that. And, do you know uh, the name of
2: I, architect group? I don't well, know the name of the architect I don't know group. their name, but okay. if you guys want to build some sets for an uh, indie yeah. movie oh, in a year, yeah. if you're into the free world, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout your out name come, out there. Yeah, you know. come on out to half hour of horror.
0: Love to chat with you. If you look on the website, it'll be there. Exists. This is a real event. I promise. <laughs> I, promise. You. I love that we're showing. Well, not we. They're showing asteroid City Free after we showed it successfully for several weeks. Yeah, I Like yeah, that. Yeah. It was like, all right, now that we got the money,
1: you can do your free thing. <laughs> there you go. uh I love that movie. So yeah. So that's it. i'm gonna wrap things up because we've gone super long. It's important though. But that's okay. We'll whittle it down. It'll be great. Thanks for joining us, Adam. We'll all come out and see Half Hour of Horror on September thirtieth. That's right, two p.m. Nice. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having
2: me on, and mm-hmm. and yeah, to those that come out, appreciate your support and coming out to the Half Hour of
1: Horror. Yeah, power, support indie cinema. Gore, yeah, I can't wait for the Half Hour Power of No Wait,
0: Half Hour Gore Hour. <laughs> yeah, Half we're, Hour Gore Hour. We're so excited. We don't remember the name that we just came <laughs> up with ten minutes ago.
1: Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you soon at the Mayfair. Bye. Bye.
0: Oh, and by the way, a new Cage trailer dropped today, but also a new Cage trailer dropped yesterday. So we're getting two Cage movies in the next three weeks. We better screen them. Yeah, they gotta be here. Detroit, Chicago, New York, Miami. were never like this. This is the city of angels. This is LA to live die in L.A. Rated R. Starts Friday. Check newspapers for a theater near you.